Welcome Bad Thoughts to the stage of the Phoenix Theater. This is a band that by their own admission plays salty and sad jams for your general enjoyment or perhaps your displeasure. Everyone in this band is an essential member of the Sonoma County indie music scene and we're thrilled to have them here tonight. Please welcome to the program Derek, Chloe, James, and Hez, the band known as Bad Thoughts. Bad Thoughts. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Tom. Glad to be here. So this is an episode of on stage with Jim and Tom. That's true. We're that all is. in agreement. This That's is an a, that is a fact. Yeah, this we're is all fact. here. And so, uh, bad thoughts. Uh, unsurprisingly, <laughs> has songs that you know reflect bad thoughts. And and so I, I think this episode is gonna you know gonna have some light stuff and then gonna have some heavy stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For I sure. say I say we start out light. Yeah. Go for I just, it. I just had a question. Maybe it's a cut prompt. Maybe it's good. This is a group, in, so we, have, we start with the light. This is a group of people that seem very into pop culture. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, sure. We enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, we like the comic books. To an extent. Yeah. We like the films. We yeah, like the yeah. music. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. know, you know, these are all in a bad true way. I, in a good I, I, we way. like take it all in, you know? So yeah, totally. my, my, uh, my question, which could get cut, uh, does yeah. anybody at the table have a superhero that they especially identify with the most? Oh. Oh. <laughs> this is very good. Two people at this table that could answer that very well, and I don't know if I'm one of them. Yeah, that's all right. Maybe you will hear them say things, and then you will think of something. Yeah. Uh, when I was in high school, I think I really identified very strongly with Bruce Banner and the Hulk, just because I was a very angry youth, and I really liked the idea of that anger giving me a certain amount of power over the... Uh, the the dark forces in my life but uh as i got older i think uh, i I think spider-man's my guy he's just trying as hard as he can to do the right thing all the time and you know he he can't always do it because he's just he's just one dude that can throw webs places one of the reasons i like spider-man also is because he doesn't just stop crime but he helps out his community you know like he's like he's like Queens he's, is his place. You he's know? a friendly neighborhood spider. He's the yeah. friendly neighborhood. He's not Spider-Man. just all about saving the world. He's about helping, helping the little guy and just trying to make people's days better. Mm-hmm. And he actively like pl- plays a role in that. You know, he doesn't just sit there waiting for things to happen to him. He like actively goes and like finds ways to help people, which I always thought was cool. And if there's nothing, nobody, you know, that needs help, then he'll go out and rob his own bank and, and create that. Mm-hmm. I'm no, not sure chameleon. No, that's usually the chameleon in disguise as Spider-Man trying yeah. to frame him. See, you got fooled. <laughs> <laughs> you got fooled. The chameleon got you. Know, I thought that was, wow, man. I know, look at that. It's his chameleon. anti-Spider-Man propaganda has been... <laughs> you got to stop listening to Jay Jonah. I'm sorry, like, he, he spins nothing but lies. Does this band... Well, do you, either of you have any superhero thoughts? Um... <laughs> I mean, I was going to say Spider-Man too. That's crazy. <laughs> oh. I had no idea. Yeah, I, I went dark with mine. Uh, yeah, see, because I feel like I feel like you and I are a little more on the yeah, dark side, yeah. has and me, and and, and the, the three of you are, are kind of like, uh, you know, you're like the good neighborhood helpers. What's your dark one? <laughs> okay, so uh, this is uh, this is not canon if you're thinking about superheroes, but yeah. it's a uh, Rain Wilson in the movie uh, Super. He plays the uh-huh. Crimson Bolt, and he is a he's a devout. 
religious man whose life falls apart. His wife becomes a drug addict and is pulled into this like awful scene. And um, he has these like visions and he feels like he's being called upon by a God who's like this weird tentacle monster that like goes inside (laughs) his brain. And um, he's, he's like misguided and he's angry. And I think that it's, it's so easy to like, to take your, your vigor and your, you know, your vitriol and, and push it out there. Uh, especially when you're blinded by this like higher being telling you to do things. And, um, in the movie you see him like realizing like what he's doing. Like at first he's very like, I'm the crimson bolt, shut up crime. You know, it's hilarious. But then when he starts to actually like hurt people, he's like kind of realizing like how devastating it is in the moment, even though he's like going through with it. And I feel like I probably relate more to that. Like if I went that far, I would probably regret it because I'm not, I'm not like a, I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm like a bad person deep down, but like I, I got my shit, you know, would you say he's in, would you say he's a hero or an anti-hero? I think he's more of like an anti-hero, but he has, he has his heart in the right place. He's just misguided. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So just for context, like too, I said, it's and, not canon. Did, not no, that's canon. Doesn't, <laughs> yeah. doesn't, doesn't need to be. Yeah. It doesn't need to be. Anybody who's has a problem with you being off canon can turn this episode off right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you feel like some of that bled into this album that we're going to talk about tonight? Some of what you saw in that character or not at all? Cause it seemed like you identified deeply with that character. And and like to a point, I'd say the um, being like religiously brainwashed as a, as a teenager and, and uh, in my entire childhood, I definitely like, I felt like if I hadn't have broken free from that, then like that could have been my future as a sad man, like looking in the mirror and crying and people look stupid when they cry, you know, like no friends and just sad and, uh, and like constantly guilty, like, cause that's how it was for me for so long. I think that's why I related to him so much, but I mean, I don't know about, I mean, there's like bits of like religious, uh, like, um, imagery that pop up on, in one of the songs. And I guess that that would be connected in some way. The album is called all my past lives ended poorly. And you, I believe wrote. Uh, four, four out of the five. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this this album like really documents a period for you. Oh yeah, totally. Like, you really feel like you were going down a path if you hadn't taken a hard turn. That oh, yeah, your life would have sure. been defined by a faith that you didn't choose. Well, I feel like it was it was inevitable for me because I always felt like something was off. Because um, you grew up where? Oh, I grew up here in Sonoma County. I've uh, like pretty much Santa Rosa, born and raised. Um, okay, I've only but you lived spent time somewhere else for a period. Uh, I lived in the Midwest for two years. Okay, um, that was kind of an ill-advised trip, trying to get away from the control of like my parents and feeling like I I had to like break free again, not just from like their religious you know background and everything, but from uh, the way they wanted me to be. Okay. It was ill-advised, but, you know, it kind of had to happen at some point. All right, let's shift into the darkness then. Uh, (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) So tell us about that. Like, you you were not the going to the Midwest, but just just the decision. I mean, like, when did you decide, all right, this is not my life. I don't want to do that. Um, It took years. I think um, all throughout my teen 
years, uh, I knew that something was off. Everyone's like, isn't this so great? Then you just feel the love. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and you just go along with it because it's, it's harder to say no. Cause then there's something wrong with you. And I'm like, and I felt inside, I was like, well, there's something wrong with me. Cause like, I don't feel this shit they're talking about. Um, and I'd go to like all these crazy events. They did something at like, uh, I was on the news because I went to an event at, um, it's AT&T Park. I don't know if it's changed now, but it was like this gigantic Christian concert and there's these huge crosses up on like the baseball field and everything and it was like Cutlass and P.O.D. and all these fucking bands. And uh, I went... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were. I was probably this. there. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> might have been there. You might have been there. But I remember this I was... South uh, side. <laughs> I feel so alive. <laughs> Great tune. And I feel like a fly. Fly, yeah. fly, fly. Uh, <laughs> can't deny it. I feel so alive. Anyway. So I was I was on the news because they were like, what's so great about this event? And I was just like, it's, it's awesome. Like, bring in all these kids. Like, they have things that they love, like this music. And it can kind of reach a bigger message. And there was a big, like, uh, anti-sex thing going on as well. They were like, you know, stay virgins because it's, it's better. And they scare you with all these fucking pictures of, you know, syphilis. syphilis yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember scary. At, at a certain point, I think it was like at the end of each night, they would do this huge hurrah and everybody like, come up to the front of the stage and you can get saved. Like maybe you've been saved before, but it's still okay. You can come up. And I came up with my friends and like, I'm sitting next to them, like kneeling and they're all just bawling and I feel nothing. And I was like, there's something off here. There's a reason why I don't feel this because I should feel this. This is the exact moment I would feel this. And so that that happened all throughout my teens. And then um, my parents left like organized churches and went to like kind of like homeschool families that had home churches. And really what was the clincher was one of the families, they got divorced. And instead of taking in the mother and the children and being like, it's going to be okay. We'll take care of you. They expelled her from the group. And that was like, that was it. I was done. You saw that. And that was a defining moment. Yeah. That was like, no, there's no going back now. I'll, I'll never feel the same by any of you people. And yet you still, this is a personal thing, but you, you still married early. I did. Yeah. yeah. And I, I stayed a virgin until, uh, until I met my wife and, um, and I, it was, a it was, no, it was still very ingrained in me, and uh, and I think a lot of it, and the reason why I stayed in a relationship that was just started off on a bad foot and just continued because of the trouble that it was causing in my life, and um, I stayed in it for so long because I felt and I saw from relationships in other Christian households, it was like it's bad, but you can't get divorced. You just stick with it. I didn't have like a. I didn't have a reference of a happy, healthy relationship forever. And so I just thought, well, I guess this is it. And I was just like, I'll bite my lip and I'll go through it. It's fine. And for, for so long, and it, was, it wasn't until a couple years ago um, that I actually saw like healthy relationships and I saw that I could be happy. You married at what age? I was 23. 23. And yeah. that we'll, we'll talk about that because this album was written sometime after that period, right? Oh, yeah. This was all written, I'd say, except for one song, the song Kansas, which is about living in the Midwest. I started writing right after I moved back, but um, it was just bits and pieces, and I, I came together like two years ago. Because this album, the four 
fifths of it that you wrote is um, it, it really highlights, I think, a lot of the darkness and the dark stuff that you've experienced and you channeled into this album. But just a note on finding a relationship that works. You once wrote something about Chloe, who you are in a relationship with. Spoiler alert for everyone. <laughs> you, you once wrote something online that has always stuck with me. And it was so sweet that I wanted to look it up so I could get the words right. And oh, I'm just, nice. I, this is a, a full circle thing. Cause you just said you, you'd, you'd never thought that yeah. you, basically that you could be happy. Yeah. I didn't know I could be happy. It, uh, it seems like a, like an impossibility. You wrote of this woman right here just over a year ago. I did not believe that I could truly love or be loved to the extent that I have been shown since then. Uh, I can't ever let it be taken for granted. So I'll speak of it often and tell her that I love her every day more than I did the day before. That's so nice. <laughs> I look at that post every now and then. It's a wonderful post because it's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. nice. Here's the deal. It makes it so easy because he can wake up in the morning and go, Chloe, the post. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. I DM I refer you. <laughs> you to my previous post. <laughs> look, I know you're mad about what I said last night, but, yeah, and then you the just post. email her the link. <laughs> um, just screenshot it so you have it always. <laughs> uh, jokes aside, though, um, I think that that is a really important moment, being able oh, to write yeah, that definitely. post because you spent a lot of your life thinking that you would not have that si- that type of happiness. Oh, yeah. To that end, an EP was released by this band recently <laughs> called... That's so well, because that's when I met you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. What year was that? Oh, fuck. I mean... It was 15. 2015, yeah. Well, because then a year later, you would have your own version of that, Derek. I mean, you came on this show in January of 2016, and you can share what you want or not share what you don't (laughs) want, but um, you later told me that it was like the beginning of the darkest period of your life. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like... It was kind of in the middle of it. Um, Basically, I just... I. like, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people, like professionals about this. Uh, I, about a month before or about two months before that, I was hit with what I guess you would call depression. <laughs> uh, uh, but I mean, you know, to the extent where I had to seek help, professional help for it. Yeah, it was debilitating. Yeah. And, but what, what it came, like the trigger point, mm-hmm. and we, we've all had them, was you as well exited a relationship everything i hadn't exited the relationship at oh this you point. hadn't yet no 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 well basically you you had been living a life that seemed fine mm-hmm. but like kind of had been duct taping stuff oh 100 and, and everything as you described it to me just kind of fell apart like the the life that you thought you were to live was not the yeah. life you were to live and so in that way there's there's overlap there yeah there was definitely a lot of um I definitely, yeah, like you said, I was duct taping everything together and not really like fixing anything or looking behind the curtains. I was just, I was basically sweeping all the dirt under the rug, metaphorically, as you might say, for a good portion of my life. And then, you know, when you, I guess a better analogy would be shoving all your stuff in the closet and then trying to jam the, sh- the door shut. And, you know, eventually it the adults. room looks really clean. The, l- the room looks great. Yeah. It was a great looking room. <laughs> Just don't go in the closet for like 30 years. It was a yeah. great looking room. And then <laughs> <laughs> boom. Yeah. And not only are you putting stuff in the closet, you're also putting in all the drawers. So it's like the drawers, which should be organized. They're just filled with all sorts of shit. Oh, they're it doesn't belong shit. at all. Everything is a mess. Behind yeah. The and then like, and then it all gets tangled. It's like Christmas lights. It's like, you can't just pull one out now. It's like, it's like and, and then since you have to pull them all out, you're never going to pull any of them out. So yeah. I mean, the so the the album title, the EP, is called All My Past Lives Ended Poorly. And we'll be talking about that album tonight. And it, I just feel like most of the people at this table have had, like, a transformative, like, rerouting of their life in the last five to ten years. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, definitely. And I think what people who 
haven't experienced extreme depression or haven't had that sort of a rerun. Cause there are some people that go through life. You met some of them at that concert. They go through life thinking everything's normal. They're normal. Everybody who doesn't have their experience is not normal and they live to be a hundred years and then they die. Never once do they think I'm going to change things. <laughs> I uh, envy them. But yeah, it's funny because it was like, I was seeing a different therapist up until I had that episode we were talking about where basically I lost my mind. Well, you had two episodes. Yeah. You had that episode and then you were on an episode <laughs> of on stage with Jim and Tom. Oh yeah. <laughs> you were doing quite well, by the way, if you go back and watch the tape, which Kill the episode's episode. online, um, you, you really can't tell that really? you're, you're in a state of extreme, extreme despair. Oh my God. I looked insane. I like, I like that? see the, I see the, I see that man. Yeah. On stage three years ago, and I look into his eyes, and I'm just like, well, God, a desperate man. The terror in his <laughs> eyes. <Yeah. laughs> Here's a big one for you, Derek. Um, lay it on me. Lay it on. Me. And feel free to punch back if you want. But um, <laughs> what does Derek 2019 know that Derek 2016 did not know? Uh, God, I'm. It's not really a matter of knowing. It's being okay not knowing. I think that's a thing. Is Derek 2016 had to have certainty? Derek in 2016 <clears throat> had it to know had to know that everything will be all right, and Derek in 2019 is okay with the future being uncertain. So, I mean, I guess to answer your question, not knowing is what I know. Being okay not knowing is what, yeah. It's a nice vague answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well done. I mean, uh, I, I don't think you're lying. I just think that you know. I mean, at this point, I, I'm so open to what's happening in the future that in the past, I had to know where I was going. I was like, I was like, this is going to be my band. This is going to be my career. And like, this is going to be my, my life. Like, this is going to be my girlfriend. This is going to be my family. You know, like I had to know all these things. And now I'm just like, well, the more you get attached to these ideas of what these things should be, the, the more you think it's fucked up when the more you think you fucked up when you don't live up to that standard. I think... That's a very good point. And let's just jump into one of the songs, the one that you wrote, which is Imaginary Friends. This song, Imaginary Friends, is basically the documenting of your own personal rebirth. A little bit. It's it's kind of, it's not really the rebirth, more like the death of my old self, I would say. Like, yeah. I, I haven't quite gotten to the point. Well, I'm, I'm now getting to the point, maybe on the new Bath Thoughts record um that we're writing right now there'll be there'll be more about my rebirth but at this point i was still writing about the death of my old self i could be wrong and i know this is deeply personal but it feels like what you both went through has and derek was you you were both like building a life with someone that ultimately you didn't end up with and you hadn't been alone with your own thoughts for a long time and then you got out of that life and then it was like holy shit what is going on here yeah and then definitely. it was just like examining all this stuff about yourself that maybe you hadn't since you were a teenager. I mean, you were with yeah. your person for six or seven years. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it, this is not a, an attack on her at all. This is all about you. I no, mean, definitely you, not. You had a relationship. It didn't work out. And then when you got to be alone, it was like, God damn. Well, it's basically like I started dating her in like my mid to early 20, like early to mid 20s. And I mean, at this point, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I was a white, straight, privileged male. Like, I didn't have really any reason to ha develop a moral compass or an emotional compass, like any kind, you know, of anything, because the outside world was just so nice to me. Um, so when I started dating her, she kind of became my moral and emotional compass, and I kind of like, you know, like just relied on her to, you know, make all the hard decisions about 
what it means to develop your own morality and stuff. And then, so unfortunately that doesn't leave you much of a, a, a emotionally fulfilled person, like after years of that. So I guess, yeah. Like, like what, like, like when, when I got out of the relationship, I had to learn all that stuff for myself. So that's what that song's about. Yeah. A lot of looking in the mirror and not liking what you're seeing. Oh God. So much of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, would you say that kind of mirrors your experience or was yours more of a like lifelong rebuilding that you had to do? It was a complete reboot. Yeah. Yeah. I had to, hard, I had hard to start. Reboot. Yeah. I had to, I had to shut the thing down, turn it back on. Yeah. Um, JJ Abrams did. Just yeah. <laughs> pop culture, baby. Pop yeah. culture. The band it's loves everywhere. pop culture. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. It's, um, I, I feel like I, um, I was trying so hard to make it work and eventually it just became clear this, this could never work. Like, uh, and I have to, I have to do this thing and it's, and it's terrifying because it's, uh, it's this whole new thing. I've never been in this place before and it felt like being a child again. Um, and, uh, completely starting over and having to learn how to take care of myself because there was a lot of things I was kind of sheltered from, you know, being with someone else that kind of helped you through things. Um, so yeah, it was a complete reboot. There is a song on this album called past lives talks a lot about, I think the things we're talking about here tonight. Indeed. Is there anything more to add about that song and what you put into that song? Than, um, than what we haven't, you know, that we haven't already talked about. I think is it was basically like, um, having, having gone to that point and there's like expectations someone might put in you when you're in relationships of any kind. And I think at that time I felt like I didn't have anything to give that I was like broken. And I was like, I can, I can barely stand. I'm not going to hold you up. And, um, it's also just about like, I made this mess. I have to sleep in it. Like you make your own bed. Like you're an adult now you have to take care of yourself. You can't rely on other people as much. So this I can edit out, but I'm really curious about it just personally. Um, where you're at now, when you look back at, you know, what your parents tried to do, do you, do you like appreciate the good and like accept the bad? Or do you feel like you struggle with that still? I still struggle with it. Um, I think there was a, I think it was, is the same as the my anti-hero with good intentions but completely misguided yeah. and blinded by uh by a higher power and uh i think it was um yeah it's uh it's hard to hard to look back on it and pick apart everything and like pick the pieces that i thought was good because there was so much that i felt was wrong um yeah i think uh i'm i'm learning to like move past it and just love them for who they were at the best times. Uh, because I'd hope that's what people would think of me. So people just have different priorities. People yeah. just have different ideas yeah. as to like, what is the end all be all most important thing. And if like religion and faith is your end all be all, you're going to make a lot of decisions right. surrounding that. Yeah. For and sure. if you as their child, that's not your end all be all. Well, like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't well, have to tell you that's going to cause a lot of disagreement and a lot of pain. Yeah, it's a it's a cascading like barrage of choices and things. I, I think that my parents they uh, they had a really hard time growing up, and their parents thought they were doing the best thing, and it really fucked them up. And then they thought they were doing the best thing, and it fucked me up in some ways. And 
I think it also like um, there's parts of the way that I grew up. It, it made me more of a gentleman to people. I don't know. I think I um, I I didn't go to public school. I was homeschooled like my whole life, and I think that caused me to be very shy. And like I just kind of blossomed in the last like ten years. I barely spoke until I was in my late teens. Barely spoke. Mm-hmm. I was like terrified of people. Really? <laughs> yeah. So somebody might look at you and not know that they might think this is just a quiet guy or maybe, oh, yeah. maybe an angry guy or whatever, but you were terrified of people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just like horrified. <laughs> Where do you think that came from? Um, fear of the unknown. And also like my dad was very stern and anytime I, I came to him with anything, it was a complete shutdown. It was like his agenda. So I felt like I couldn't like communicate. It was always, always a wall there and I had to get past that. And I think when I started to meet people that wanted to know what I had to say, that's when, you know, I opened up. Some philosopher said until you, it was a really good quote. It was just, it said, until you realize that you need to die in order to grow, you will be a troubled guest on a dark earth. And I forgot who said that, but I I was like, that had weight to it, but it was just like, basically it goes on to what we're saying of just like, Sometimes in order to grow into, you know, your next phase, you need to let a part of you die. Before we wrap on the album, because I think this is like a really good conclusive note that we're on here. Has, do you have anything to add about the entirety of the album or like about where you are now compared to where you were in this album? Um, well, I guess, uh, I don't know. I've grown a lot and like, I feel like there are like, before felt like a different life and felt so long ago but actually the the name of the album uh was basically about our cat that we had for a while his name was dusty and he was very old and um we gave him like this life you know we gave him uh, the best end life that we could give him and um we figured that was the best way to like honor his his you know all my past lives ended poorly but we had a really good end of life for him and um i feel like even though all these other things like didn't go so well i'm really looking forward to what i got going on right now so i'm I'm at my best place i've ever been and i really appreciate all the things i've been given and the opportunities i've been given uh it's really great to be here to be able to do this and uh, i'm really appreciative and i'm stoked to write more music and you know, dredge out more darkness <laughs> to try and find some, some light in it, you know? So anybody else have anything to add about this project before we close? It's bad thoughts. It's <laughs> January, 2019. Um, I just like, I don't know. I never really grew up having many friends that stuck around for too long. And this is by far my favorite place I've lived because of all the people I've met. And like, I've been in bands pretty much as long as I've lived here and this is finally a band where I could say, like, I actually have, like, best friends now. And that's not, that hasn't really been a common theme in my life. I've never, like, felt, I've always felt like that was a really heavy word to use because I never really had it. But I feel like I do now. And it's really nice. We're all just best buds. Cool. I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, don't cry. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I, I feel very similar. Like, uh, anytime I had a really good friend, something would happen and they would be expelled from my life beyond my control. And so it was really hard for me to connect with people. And it took, uh, making music with my brother and then expanding outside of that. And he originally was the, the basis for Bad Thoughts. I'd only ever played in bands with my brother. This is the first time I played with, out 
a family member in it. Wow. But and these guys have become my family. That goes right into my outro here. There we before go. Tom Gaffey has a closing thought, if he has any. I, uh, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you can just say I don't. Say I don't have yeah, a closing thought. A closing thought. That's great. You know what? <laughs> closing question. <laughs> Hezekiah. Yes. You uh, came from a very religious background. I did. You, f- you finally left it, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, a, a move that must have been a little bit of a shock to the family. Oh, of course, yeah. And are you still a part of the family? Oh yes, I love my family. Um, I think after after many things that happened transpired and kind of showed them that pushing so hard for a certain thing was tearing us all apart. Um, we were, we're actually closer now than we've ever been. Yeah, that was I think part of the reason you stayed in in the religious side of your family was because you were afraid you were going to lose them. Oh, totally. Yeah, but you did not. No. Yeah, it, it took it took me showing that I was my own person outside of that that they wanted me to be with them you know i wasn't pushing against them anymore you know cool yeah did the passing of your father have anything to do with that oh yeah it definitely did um there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of hurt and uh and unanswered questions and feelings um but we can be together and i think this is the closest we've ever been and we make sure that we see each other every week and we get together and we have dinner and we make plans to be together and uh our family's growing like my little brother just had a baby and so it's a it's crazy. I'm glad you brought the family prompt um, because I just want to say that I appreciate you all and I'm happy that you're all here. I, if our music scene is like a chosen family, I feel like you guys are like my favorite cousins. <laughs> like I don't, yes. like I don't, I don't see you all the time. I have favorite so, cousins. I understand. Yeah. Not quite brothers and sisters, yeah. but first cousins that I so <laughs> yeah, dearly love. It. They're great. So, uh, you know, thrilled to see you, thrilled to be related to you. Oh, Your performance you. is great. And everyone else will realize that when they, uh, don't turn the episode off and keep <laughs> listening because in just a moment, a performance by the band known as Bad Thoughts is next. Thanks again for coming, everybody. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Jim and Tom. You are an artist Giving up on art Your personality Made up of a farce It's not complicated why everyone will leave you be Don't be disappointed Y'all always have me Let's make a baby Then throw it in the trash Teen is getting crazy And now this girl 